Hey everybody, before we get into our talk about Drake and his new album, Views, we just wanted to give you a reminder to subscribe to us on iTunes, um, follow us on SoundCloud or Stitcher, and to leave us a review. Um, we're an up-and-coming podcast, and any reviews are very, very helpful. Also, if you liked what we're doing on this podcast, be sure to check out our Kanye West Life of Pablo recap and our Kendrick Lamar Untitled Unmastered recap. Let's go. Listen in podcast, the Drake episode, episode 22. What Views. say you? Views. I just say views. Which, how, it was pretty recently he changed it from views from the six, right? It was like a couple days it was before a couple its days. release, right? A couple days before. What name do you like better? So he was referring to views from the six as just views since its inception. Right, yeah. And I think he was just like, you know what, fuck it, we're gonna, we're just gonna make this shorter, we're just gonna call it views. You know what I'm not a fan of? I like the name. I think the word views is an interesting, evocative term. I don't love the all caps. I never have been oh, a No, no, I am not. I need a one capital letter to start all lowercase after. Yeah. People Title do, case. People doing weird stuff with capitals, like interspersed throughout or all capitals, that shit's for the birds. You I know, can't do that. You know what else stresses me out is like track lists that are all uppercase. Yeah. I actually can't take it and feel... Or the ones that are all lowercase. I can't. I don't like that either. Neither do I. So you, how, you don't like like E.E. E. Cummings or like no. or Blink-182's style no. of nomenclature? No. No. Not no. at all. Okay. Get out of here. There should be a a set guideline on what your your text says. I just want to make clear, Sean, you're saying you have a problem with E.E. E. Cummings? You have an issue that with is him? That is correct. Okay. That is correct. Uh, yeah, so this is the Drake Views recap episode. Yeah. We've already done a couple of these for previous large album releases this year, namely Life of Pablo by Kanye West and then Untitled Unmastered by Kendrick Lamar. So what we're going to do is Jake and I are just going to give you kind of our overall thoughts on what we what we think of the album, uh, do a little discussion, and then we're going to do a track-by-track track breakdown of it. So We'll start with our cliff note or spark note Yeah, so Jake, version. what... Over a quick one minute breakdown. What did you what do you think of this album? What do you I, think of views? I want to say first that I think Sean, based on what I know about how you like the, the what you think of the album, you're gonna be very much like Drake on this podcast. You're gonna be a little defensive, have a lot of bravado, and you're gonna like kind of come at me. So so but okay. So if you haven't guessed, I'm not the world's biggest fan of this album. But big but I do like it. What I'm worried about on this episode, Sean, is that I will be I'll be washed over by the tidal wave that is your passion for Drake, which I've never been able to match. So my general take is that while I think it's good, I do think it's just that. It's just, it's good. It's a good album. Um, I just think that 82 minutes is a, is a, a little long is, is a, I think an exaggeration. It's a, it's long. It's really, really long. And uh, I just think that it's a lot to digest and, even having listened several times, there's a lot of sort of sameness for me in terms of just sonically the sounds that are going on, the production on here. To me, like truly great albums have some kind of diversity in terms of like what they're doing sonically and just the production on here. There are moments where it leaves me sort of wanting. I've never been the biggest disciple of Drake, a Drake disciple. Never I've, an OVO disciple. I've never been someone who's so excited by... His wordplay, some of the stuff he says, his little catchphrasey stuff. It's never to- so. You hate fun? No, I don't hate fun. I've, it's never totally resonated with me the Drake's brand of it. And so, while I think that if you are a Drake fan, 
you really should like this album very much. And and again, I'm going to reiterate so that way it's not mis misconstrued. I do like this album, but if you if so if you're a huge Drake fan, you should probably love this. If you're someone who like me can become a little a trifle <laughs> exhausted by some of the trappings that are involved in a Drake album, it's going to be a little much. Uh, so that's my general take. And now let's Here, open the floodgates. Open the floodgates. Here's my take. A little background. I am a big Drake fan. I love Drake. I am one of the biggest Drake apologists out there. I get really excited when he comes out with new songs, when he comes out with new albums. I think just what he does on the internet and his whole aesthetic and vibe and shtick I think is funny and cool. A lot of people don't think that. I think Drake has mastered the art of like becoming a brand in and of himself really, really well. So when that spills over onto these albums, I think it works. So you're right in that if you are a Drake fan, you're going to like this album because guess what, internet? Guess what, critics? This is the same exact thing he's been doing since Take Care. I'm, I'm not going to really speak to his first album, uh, So Far Gone, just because he was still figuring stuff out. He was still kind of being Lil Wayne's like sidekick, and he was doing a lot of the same stuff. Take Care is really where Drake became Drake. He's been doing the same thing on every release since then, and this album, while, yes, it is a little bit too long, is, I'm, I'm going to put it in the same league as Take Care, as Nothing Was the Same, as If You're Reading This, It's Too Late. He's doing the same thing. I don't know why people all of a sudden think Drake is going to be giving them this genre-defining, boundary-pushing, I have like a political Kendrick Lamar message. It's not what Drake does. That's not what he does well. He sings about girls. He sings like these heartfelt R&B songs. He does boast tracks. That's pretty much it. You know what you're getting with Drake when you come into a Drake album. It. I don't know why everyone's like, oh, this. it sounds the same. Yeah, no shit. It's what Drake does well. It's what he's become arguably the biggest rapper or you know, R&B singer combo in the world doing. This is not a surprise. I really like this album. You'll find out why as more as we, we talk about tracks. But overall, I really like it. And I think that segues really seamlessly into what we wanted to talk about, which is that, like you said, there's been a fair amount of negative to mediocre mixed lukewarm reception to this album. And it, it actually leads me to a, a key distinction I want to make. Because while, again, I like, don't love this album, the reason isn't because of something I expected differently from Drake necessarily because I've for the most part like not loved all the albums I've listened to. Right. I've always found the length to be a hindrance. The 80 minutes on take care has made me listen. Not that much. The, you know, whatever hour long for on the, uh, on what's it called? Nothing was, the same. nothing was the same. And then the, um, an hour eight for, uh, if you're reading this, it's too yep. late, which is my, probably my favorite that I've heard by Drake so far. Um, so for me, it's not like, oh, Drake should have been doing this. He should be getting political. I think putting an artist like in a box and saying what they should or shouldn't do is is, is kind of foolish because he is what he is. For me, it's just that if it's more of the same and if, if it is that formula, yeah, maybe it doesn't make sense that the world's biggest Drake fans would, would be like shitting on this now. I, I can see why that would be frustrating. But but for someone like me, it's like, oh, this is a Drake album. Yeah. And it's it's, I don't think that just because it follows that formula that like the songs are necessarily as good. I think that it's it, there's some sort of just lulls here. 
Right. Let me, yeah. Let's let's clarify this a bit because one of our one of one of the things I wanted to bring up was that the day this came out on Friday. Um, Sean's choking up here. It's so so it's my it's my emotion. it's my sickness. I'm sorry. Um, you got to play it up. You got to say you're I know, just. I know. You know what? No, this is too important. We're discussing views. I got to defend it. So on Friday when this came out, there seemed to be a ton of internet backlash, whether it be on Twitter from critics, people coming with hot takes all over the place. This was really, really frustrating to me because it seemed like it just became popular and cool and an easy tweet to get a few likes on when you say, oh, views from the six, more like like booze from the six or like something, st- some stupid pun like that about how it's like boring or not good. Yeah, cool. You'll get a couple retweets. But A, did you actually listen to the album? B, did you listen more than once? Probably not. Like most of the people with this backlash are just people churning out hot takes. They heard they heard a couple songs like, oh, I, I don't like this. Or they saw somebody else say they didn't like it, and now they're hopping on. It feels like it became popular to hate on this without actually listening in depth. And I want to talk about the critical backlash as well. Backlash in quotes. Because if you look back at all the Metacritic scores for his past albums, again, I'm not really talking about his first album. From Take Care... So Take Care had a 78 on Metacritic. Nothing Was the Same had a 79. If you're reading this, It's Too Late had a 78. Views at the moment right now has a 72. It's six points less. Like, that's not that big of a difference. That can probably be accounted for by a couple critics, like, ranking it lower. I I think... And it's early. It's still early. More reviews are going to be coming in. Which could mean it'll swing one way or the other. Um, and I think that one of the issues with that early backlash, like you said, if people really were jumping to Twitter day one, you okay, it's an 82-minute album. Right. You're really going to have listened to it, digested it, and fully understood it within like the first few hours it's out. There's not even a ch- I feel like 90% of people who <laughs> tweeted about it did, like listened to some of it and then just jump to conclusions. Because one thing I will say, and one of the reasons maybe I don't like it as much as um, some of his previous work, is that uh, it is there's not as many, to me, of the, the Drake trademarked hooks. There's not as much of the... the I don't think there's as much pop appeal on this record. And no, I don't think there is either. And that, that could be a major reason why for it. There's nothing that, like um, started from the bottom. That no. people that's right at the start of the album that people could be like, oh yeah, like this song's awesome. Even like energy or know yourself. Exactly. There's nothing like even there's maybe some moments that that verge on that catchy, but yeah. not really. Yeah. So I mean, if we want to talk about the Drake album formula, like he's pretty much following that formula here. Like when you look back at his past albums, you he always has a Rihanna collaboration or at least a collaboration with another Rihanna sounding singer. Is that Riri by the way? Riri, yeah. Who we'll he, get to. Yeah. Um, you know, he always has an up-and-coming Toronto artist collaboration. You know, he had The Weeknd on his past albums. He's got DVSN on this one. Um, usually he's got a big-name rapper collaboration. You know, he's had Rick Ross on there. He's had Jay-Z on previous albums. He's got Future on this one. He's always got his boast-free style at the end. Uh, he's got the R&B singer songs interspersed throughout. So, like, the only way that Views doesn't follow this same formula is you're right, he doesn't have like that big banger pop single that comes at like track two or three. Because if you look back on, um, you know, on Take Care, he had, oh God, I forget what the name of that song is. Um, but, you know, he had nothing, uh, he had started from the bottom on, 
on Nothing Was the Same. He had energy. He had Know Yourself. You know, he had those big singles that were on those other albums. We gotta find this song. We gotta find this song. And he and he doesn't have it on on this one, which I think is maybe a reason why you're getting uh, it's headlines. Okay, headlines. So, I think that like the the natural sort of the counter argument to the formula thing, and I think what you're saying is true. And so the the backlash, if your backlash is this is an 82 minute album, it's too long. That doesn't really make sense as a criticism, but if you, I think so, while I think that that is not a legitimate reason to say it's a bad album, I think it's okay to hear this collection of songs at this length and be underwhelmed by it. Sure. I don't think it's it necessarily means it's bad, and maybe some of that backlash has to do with people saying, you know, maybe they just don't feel Drake really brought it with this one. Yeah, maybe that's and, part of the discussion. Yeah, and I well, I think I think another thing to bring up too is it feels like there was a little bit of a lack of excitement leading up to this. Like, we've been promised views, and views has been hyped for, like, two years now. Yeah. That's a long time to be waiting for an album and to maintain that level of excitement. My excitement peaked for views, like, nine months ago. When was it officially announced? Do you remember? It wasn't that long. It was, like, January or February. We talked about it on the pod. We were like... Views is an official release date in February. Oh, but I mean, but they, for a long time, I don't mean the official release date. It's been known for a long time. Oh, it's been known. He's been referencing it on albums. Yeah. Right. He, he referenced it at the end of, um, on the end of, if you're reading this, he go, he said, took a break from Views, now it's back to that. Yeah. And like, so this has just been a thing he's been talking about and promising and hyping on Instagram. It, I think what happened People got a little bit tired of waiting around for this. Yeah. And when it finally came out, they're just like, oh, oh, it's here, finally. And it's not this, you know, bombshell that you have been hyping for the past couple years. Right. And I think this... That doesn't doesn't mean it's bad, though. It just means people got tired of the hype. Sure. And I think that that brings about another interesting, like, discussion point, which is, if you're reading this, it's too late. It was a surprise release. Right. Mixtape came out. And, and kind of set the internet on people, fire. Forever. People loved that. P- and people loved that album. Yeah. There was pretty much only positive reception to, if you're reading this, even some critics who I've known of who don't love Drake liked that record. So do you think, Sean, that if, if you took these albums as they are, content and all, took views and released it then as a surprise, and then hyped this, hyped if you're reading this for two years, would the reception be the same? Or how much of that is tied into the hype? How much of that is tied in with the way it's released? That's a great question. So I get to clarify, it's if you switch these two albums, if you're reading this as the one that was hyped for a long time, Views was surprise released, how long, a year, two years ago? How long, did, when did it, if you're reading If you're this? reading this, last yeah. February. So last February, say that came out as a surprise. Would that have been the one that was the critical darling and then this one gets kind of the shaft, if you're reading this? <laughs> well... That's a good question. I think the collection of songs on If You're Reading This are a little bit better. Yeah. They're not terribly different, though. I I think you still get some of the backlash where you're like, people, they'll, it would be the same. They'd be like, there's some moments of brilliance, but it's Drake being Drake. It's Drake doing the same thing. It'd be, it'd be the same. I, I really think it'd be the same. And I think that's part of what happened with this album is that with Drake... Um, and something that I have, I think a reason why I could never just dive all the way in with him is that 
his albums are that to kind of a fault. They're a little bit of the, there are these big moments. And, and if you like music, you'll like those moments. You'll like the, whatever, five, six, seven songs that are like that. If you really like Drake, you'll like the rest. If you're not, big, yeah, if you're not way into Drake, you know, 80 minutes, 65 minutes, 70 minutes is a lot to commit. And so I think what happened was this was hyped for so long. Also, Drake is at the, A, height of his fame, and B, height of fame in general. He's like as famous as you can be. So his appeal has has seeped across into just people who aren't necessarily predisposed to like him even. Right. And so they get caught in the hype. Right. And then they hear the album that comes out and like, this is Views? Right. This is not what I expected. Yeah, and I think there's a tendency when you get to be that popular that backlash is just going to come no matter what. Of course. So, you know, if you look at it with any popular sports team, if you look at like the Warriors... The Warriors are just getting into that era where people are going to start to hate them. They're going to start to nitpick. If and they find repeat this things. year, people will hate them. No matter how great you are or how much people love you, live live long enough to see yourself become the villain rather than die a hero. You know, uh, a classy move not bringing up the Patriots there. By the way, yeah, because that's that's yeah. like our team, I know, and they I know. are the epitome of that. That's of, true. Like, of so much that's success true. that they become hated. The other but thing I want to I want to bring up leading up to the release of Views. Did Beyonce surprise releasing Lemonade a week earlier steal some of this thunder? That it, you know what I hadn't even thought of that, but it does reek of that sort of thing where like I feel like if you've been planning like your wedding for a year and a half, you, say, you know what I mean, and then one of your girlfriends surprise announces it at a wedding yes. like a week before. And you, you just, oh, I'm so happy for you. I'm so, but inside your seating, you're like, this was supposed to be View's wedding. Right. This was View's big month. And instead, it's Lemonade. That's right. Walking down the aisle. Not to mention that Lemonade <laughs> is a, a critical darling. Yeah. Everyone loves it. Which I think gives a, a kind of <laughs> speaks to the surprise album release and how I think people now get caught up in... They do. People get really caught up... In, not to say Lemonade's not good. I actually really, really enjoy it. But people do get caught up in like the break the internet sensation yes. of like this came out. Oh my God. Like I can't, I can't yeah. believe Beyonce just dropped it. Happened today with Radiohead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I love that song. Yeah, but, you too. And it's we'll great. get to that on another podcast. Um, yeah. And I think... What ends up happening, it happened with, if you're reading this, surprise released, people people loved it. So what ends up happening is the the surprise album gets dropped. People, the hot take internet culture we live in, people need a quick, quick thing to fire off. They're just going to, yeah, they're going to hop on the train. They're going to find one song they love and be like, oh my God, yes, queen. Yeah. And like, just love it. With Drake, with something that's been, people got to wait for a little bit longer. Backlash is just going to come. It It's the way of today's internet, which isn't fair. It doesn't actually reward kind of longer play mediums where it's just like, okay, you got to spend a little bit of time with this. It does not lend itself to that very well. Even as someone who doesn't love this record, I, I do think that the reception it's being sort of treated greeted with is is unfair Thank in yes. that it's it's highly reactionary yes. and it does feel like um something where people haven't given it enough time to digest because like i said it's a lot of content and this brings me to another point i wanted to make so and again it's yet to be seen whether views is a really really good great album or if it maybe is you know mediocre like so many people say but do you think that this album has potential to be in the Led Zeppelin one 
Pinkerton by Weezer category of, of, of great albums that are released, and at the time they're panned either by fans or by critics. They, they're, they're received with a bunch of negative negativity or backlash, and then 20, 30 years on, people are like, what the hell were we thinking? Like, listen to this. It's great. It's like we weren't even hearing the same thing. Do you see that happening with this? I could see it happening a little bit. Um, I don't think it's going to be to the extent that those were, because those were, like, really panned. People, like, tore those apart. Yep. Views isn't necessarily being torn apart. It's more so it's just mediocre reviews. You know what's happening with views is it's being torn apart in, like, the nicest way possible. It's weird. It's like if you read the headline version of a review, it's scathing. And then you yeah. look and it's like, oh, it's just a 6.8. Oh, just right. a 3.5 out of 5. Like, right. Rolling Stone gave it, like, a 3.5 out of 5. They give everything a 3.5 sure. out of 5. Sure. And they said, like, they were like, it's it's uh, there's a couple moments of greatness, but mostly it feels like missed opportunities and whatever. Like, it re- all negative. And then the review is, like, somewhat positive. <laughs> yeah. Because it does feel like the, the internet reaction and um, the reviews, the way they're written... Are highly critical. Pitchforks is, I think, more scathing than the number. It is, which it, yeah, it, well, they gave it a six point eight, but it felt like based on the little blurb and like some of the stuff they said in the review. Here's the thing: all of these internet review sites are, they're they need clicks. It's their lifeblood. Of course, they're going to have a headline that jumps out at you that gets you to be like, oh wow, what'd they give this? Yeah. And they're gonna pull out a few sound bites that sound really really bad, and then when you actually read it, you're like, oh. This actually, you had a lot of good things to say, so it's not really fair, and it's it's coming across. Yeah, it's a little. You're getting a little bit of both. You're like, it's yeah. There's some really negative things you're saying, but you're also reinforcing it with some good stuff. So it, it's ending up just kind of mediocre rather than strong in either direction, which is why I don't necessarily think in 20 years, 30 years, we're gonna look back and be like, wow, we got it completely wrong. I think to Drake fans, it's gonna be like, yeah, this is just another good Drake album. I don't know that there's going to be this collective like, oh, wow, remember how panned that album was? I I don't know that it's going to stick with people like that. The reason I think it has potential to is that um, it has been the most publicly, even if, again, the scores are somewhat positive but, but kind of mediocre, the public opinion and like the outrage sort of court of opinion that has been crafted has been largely negative Mm -hmm. and i think that that will actually affect the way people think of it and so maybe 10 years on someone pops views on it like you know what i don't know what i was thinking or you know what like this isn't as bad as everyone said yeah um and and who who knows so let me ask you this do you think drake is aware or realizes that there is critical backlash and just kind of general internet backlash towards this uh, Do you think he's self-aware enough? Because I'm getting the impression, and we'll talk about this more when we go track by track, is that Drake has just kind of surrounded himself with yes-men, which I, I think when you get to be as famous as Drake is, that just happens. I think, and I think people are like, this is dope, man. This is awesome. Yeah. Do you think he realizes like the actual general public conversation about this i think he is more in tune to that than you might think and yes he's surrounded himself with yes men i think that's probably true but if i would you want to be a drake yes man no i kind of would you want to just be in his i think i'm already a drake yes man maybe you are well here's what i think based on some of the lyrical content of this album and past drake albums drake is a guy who is really affected by what people think and do to him And then turns around and has feels like he has to act like it doesn't bother him. 
Um, and and that usually comes out in the form of boasts, which I think is natural for the medium of rap. Right. But yeah, I think he has a sense of like some of that backlash. I, does I, he care? I how, he, how much does he care? I think he cares kind of a lot, and I think he's gonna he'll only ever act like he doesn't. Do you think this influences whatever his next piece of work is? Absolutely. Okay. Without a doubt, there, you, Do you think can, he's gonna come harder on this next one and like really try and maybe switch things up. Well, I don't know if he'll make a concerted effort to switch up his sound or if what he'll do is he'll be like, he'll double down on the sound he has and just bring the fire lyrically against like casual fans. <laughs> I can already hear him like twisting words in that way yeah, yeah. about like all these people who are like here now, but we like, you know, yeah, that's actually yeah. very much a part of his. Do we, you know what? If we took 15 minutes, we could write a Drake kind of boast takedown yeah. rap if we wanted to. We'd be like, you do a double entendre with like critics and critical or something like that, and yeah, like you'd work it, something out. It'd be so easy. You would basically, you essentially would have to like say that all you need is your inner circle of friends because they're the only ones who really know you right. and like the depth of your soul and mind. <laughs> Everyone else is just like they're just like hangers on, basically. Right. And you right. don't need them if they're there and they like it. Good. Are we sneaky Drake's uh, ghostwriters? I so well, I did. Were we going to announce it on this podcast? Or were we going to keep it for later? I think we kind of just did. Well, okay, you heard it here first. Jake <laughs> and Sean, uh, Drake, um, ghostwriters, uh, but a rapper with a ghostwriter. What happened? Um, final thing before we get into our track by track analysis. Uh, what do you think of the album cover? Um, I think it's like okay. I think it's kind of cool. Just knowing it's photoshopped is is like it's kind of lame. I, I think it's at least it's probably gonna end up being like iconic. Yeah, I, it's so, already memorable. Well, so this and this goes back to why I think Jake, uh, Drake is is so genius. Is he understands what an album cover can uh, how it can become a meme? Have you seen all the jokes of him just oh. sitting on top of different things? And people, dude, yeah. it's blown up. Yeah. Like, I think it's a little lame because it's photoshopped. If yeah. this was real It'd and he odd. sat up there. And they got a helicopter to take a picture of him. That'd be an all-time cool album. Picture. Well, and that because the tower he is on or photoshopped to be onto is one of I think it's the tallest structure in North America. <laughs> yeah, it's so tall. It's, yeah, it's really really huge. So yeah, it would be that would be an all-time great album. <laughs> That'd be cover. so cool. It it is different than the aesthetic he has kind of built up with his past releases. Um, it does feel pretty different. I, it's okay. I like I said. I just wish it wasn't photoshopped to be a lot cooler. Yeah, I mean, but that involves probably a lot of like the the whatever uh, whoever owns that tower trying to figure out a, 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 an arrangement <laughs> right. legally with Drake. Right. Like, right. all right, how does this all work? <laughs> right. Like, Drake, if you're seriously injured in the process of like this album cover, right? Maybe I, I maybe he just should have never said whether it was photoshopped. Yeah, or he not. just shouldn't have. Eh, but what are you gonna do? whatever. I mean, I think that it launched all these memes though is genius on his part again. Like that's he he plays that up. He he does that better than almost anybody. He's savvy. So he He's really savvy. Is. Um. So we are going to get into our track by track breakdown of views, Jake. We are, and there's a lot of them. There are twenty <coughs> tracks, on including this the bonus track, album, Hotline Bling, which is probably the song that most people know the best for sure. Um, for sure, from hearing it everywhere. Online and yep. elsewhere yep. Um, over the past several months. So the album starts in with track one, Sean. Keep the family close. Yep. And so this <clears throat> establishes from the jump 
something that is readily apparent about our takes on Drake and the way we digest Drake, which is that, uh, and, and we'll see if this bears out through the analysis. We haven't done it with every track, but it seems we kind of like opposite things about Drake. Yeah, we do. We really, really do. So my my initial thoughts were, first of all, he's he's framing this album and song as wintry and cold immediately. It's coming in. There's a voice that goes, it's a little chilly out there. Yep. And then like there's that that like the blustery sound. Sitting so, for its Toronto themes exactly, and that's, the yep, oh, exactly. I'm sorry, Toronto, not Toronto, with the like gray backdrop of the album. Exactly. Fitting, fitting. So I, I like that he's already setting up Toronto as kind of this cold place. And I think songs like this one, that the more subdued, darker, slow songs kind of reflect Toronto in the wintertime, which I think is really, really cool. Later on, you get some of those island-inspired songs, which are kind of like the more summery and culturally diverse aspects of the city. So that was just a, a thematic thing that, that that stuck out to me immediately. For the song itself, I usually love Drake openers. Tuscan Leather on Nothing Was the Same was one awesome. of my favorites on that album. Over My Dead Body on, on Take Care, one of my favorites on that album. What about Legend? Legend, great song. Not one of my favorites, but, yeah. but really, really was, good way to start it off. It was never one of my favorites either. This one, though, to me, feels a little bit forgettable. Maybe it's a reason why people are saying this album is a little boring. It takes two minutes to get into like kind of the actual catchiest part of the song. I think what happens, it's like five minutes long. It's a little bit, it's a little bit long. It, I think what happens is people pop the album on, they hear this, they're not getting something that's as immediately engaging as a, a song like Legend is, and they're like, oh, this is boring. Like, I can see why that's fueling the internet hot takes. What are your thoughts on this? So I I actually really like this song. I think that, um, what like you say, it takes a couple minutes to get going, but I, I like that it's a builder. I like that it has that, like, the big horn drop. I, the, do, the I big, do like the horn flourishes that are in it. The bass drop, the, I'm sorry, the beat dropping in, like, a few minutes into the song is cool. I also like sort of the hook, the, um, the keep the family close hook that's going on throughout this. I think it's catchy, um, and it's been one of the moments on the album that's been most consistently stuck in my head. I like the use of like some organ. I like the use of of the dark, foreboding sounds that are going on throughout the track, um, and it sets up a theme that I think throughout the album. I don't know if I like it or don't like it or whatever, but but Drake he says you're supposed to put your pride aside and ride with me. Um, Drake has this way of, of always telling like women he's with what they're supposed to <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, see, and that's something I actually don't like about Drake. He, like, it's like there's this sneaky misogyny that's like it's not rampant. so sneaky. It's it, it's not something people talk about. Drake though. is one of these dudes who views women. He's one of these guys who like is of another generation where he's like, I love women, but what right, he means is right. he like worships them sexually, <laughs> and like in like in sexual encounters makes them feel things, and he loves them for that, and he 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 loves women, but he has this very distinct idea of what women should and shouldn't be. I feel, and because I mean, he literally says you're supposed to put your pride aside and ride that's, with me. Like that's a great that's a, a great point. It's, it's a, a classic great point, Drake and thing. it's something that I can't really. That's my biggest problem with Drake. Well, and I, I, I'm i not saying it's necessarily that bad, but, it, you know, I it, it is sometimes a little troubling. It, I will say that the beat drop, the horns, it's I really enjoy it. It's a part of the song I really like. Is it misleading, though? Because what it, what it left me feeling was I was like, okay, so we're getting this, like, Drake's taking some steps. Drake is, like, now moving into some new sonic territory. He's This is going to be, like... 
there's gonna be some bigger sounds on here. What actually follows is a rather subdued album. So especially on the second track, nine. Uh, but this does. I will say, I, I like this song. This is like I, a classic. Um, yeah. Kind of like dialed back, sparse Drake production song. Yep. That's what he's become known for with with his longtime producer Noah, quote unquote, Forty Shebib. I think is how you pronounce his name. <laughs> so I looked up. Uh, side note: I looked. I was like, "Who is this guy?" I keep seeing, you know, Forty. I expected this to be like, for whatever reason, in my head, he was just this big black dude producer yeah. who kind of looked like Timbaland. <laughs> He he's like this little white hipster looking guy. Is this a situation, Sean, where you wish you had not looked him up no, and kept him no, in your imagination? No, it's actually cool for that oh, okay. that context. Okay, because he's like from Toronto. Like, yep. yeah, it, no, he's just like this white hipster looking dude. But you do get that sparse, dialed back production yep. that you're used to with Drake and Forty. Um, we get our first really quotable lyric. On, I, th- on I this think song. it's like the most quotable thing. From yeah, the it's album. it's turn the six upside down. It's a nine now, and the way he delivers it is is pretty cool. Yeah, in, in the the way it works into the rhyme, it, um, it it works really really well. I actually sent Jake uh, what I thought was a really funny. I sent him a string of Snapchats with just Drake quotes during the Raptors game this weekend. Yeah. The Raptors had nine points. I was like, ooh, I'm gonna take a picture of that, and I went. <laughs> Turn the six upside down. It's a nine now. You know what you should have done is filmed it like this with the phone upside down and then turned it. Missed opportunity. A big time miss. You were just probably, basketball's a fast sport, a lot of scoring. You had to catch it while you... Nine before they score. So my thoughts on this song, it's it's amongst... I don't know what my favorites are. I don't know what my top three or whatever. I'm not sure yet, but it's. I know that it's. A, it's at least in the top half. I really like this song. I, I consider it one of my like favorites in general. Um, I yeah like that line a lot. What some of the notes I have are that I like the like shimmery production at the beginning. There's this like kind of. I don't even know how to describe it. It's the synth sound that starts yeah, it off. Yeah. I also like the. There are these like phased vocals that come in and out. Uh, it's like it's actually right after he first says the "it's a nine now" line. There's this like. And I don't remember how it goes, and I couldn't reproduce it because it's like studio warped vocal sounds. Yeah. But it's cool. Listen out for that. Um, it's a nine now. Yeah, I like that, how he says that. Yeah, it's a nine now. Um, and yeah, and then there's the part where he's like, "What does he say?" He's like, "Key chain go jang." Yes, yes, that part. Like, yes, that's one of my favorite things about Drake is how he mixes in little melodies here yes, and there. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I agree. This is like uh, what you want out of Drake. I, it, it's it's kind of what I expected. These kind of songs. So for you. First two tracks, he's off to a strong start then. He, oh, yeah, certainly he is. So for me, if we're going to track number three, which is You With Me, mm-hmm. this is one of my favorites on the album. I think what he's doing here is everything that's awesome about Drake. So he starts off, he actually has like a quick little uh, like DMX sample of a voice here. And he actually ties that in with with the first lyric. He goes, I, I group DM all my exes. On, or on some DMX shit. Yeah. I group DM all my exes. So, like, that's a little... That's something that Drake does, too. Like, on Nothing Was The Same, he was talking about, like, Capadonna and, like, like another 90s rap icon. So, this is something that Drake definitely does. I would assume he's probably kind of a student of the game, is a fan of these guys. Um, sure. So, it's it's interesting to see him dial that in it is and if drake was two for two he's now three for three for me because i really really like this song it's another favorite i think drake gets off to a strong start on this album and i i really like um there's a couple different flows he uses drake has a distinctive flow or like a set of different cadences he uses that you can identify as drake there's a couple he uses on this like when he says like how's it going down uh got to know now yes, like that yeah, whole thing it's like a kind of a different now. Yeah, yeah slower yep. sort of uh delivery also the uh the part where he's like 
cut the check so they could take this flow at okay. the end. I he want, comes in hot on that, I, uh, and he really yeah. is like kind of screaming that part, which I love. I, when I first heard this song, I was like, ooh, this song's good. And then he comes in with that song where he's like, I'm going to substitute a certain word that I have no business saying. A lot of rappers cut a check so you can take this flow, and yeah. he like says it again. He's like running your hand through my curls. Like He comes with a lot of passion yep. on here. I was like, this is really cool. Like You don't normally see this from Drake. And that's why it's one of my favorites on the album is it's it's one of his most varied vocal performances. He's yep. bringing a lot of stuff he can do to the table. One, one of my other favorites on on this part is he, he throws in one of those other little melodies. He's like, slide on the late night. Yeah, I, yeah, I wrote yeah. that down as a yeah. note, too. For anyone listening, for context, Sean's looking at a paper, a literal notebook. I'm looking at my notebook laptop, and we have a series of notes. And yeah, I wrote down... Slide on the late night. Yeah, I wrote that down (laughs) as a part two that I really like. Um, Um, Yeah, so overall, like this one is a theme we see a lot on this album, and is a theme we see a lot with Drake, where it's about kind of a relationship that's gone wrong. So one one of the arguments for why this album is tired and kind of boring is because... That's all we're getting from Drake. That's what he does really, really well. He's always rapped about, like, relationships and women. Like, this is his bread and butter. I think he does it really, really well on this because it it's real for him. Like, he actually said in his interview with Zayn Lowe that, uh, that came out just before the album dropped, he's like, when I was making this album, it's actually, like, the most present I've been. Like, the subject matter is really, really present. I think Drake and we'll get into this with some of the other songs, is dealing with kind of a lot of loneliness and, like, struggles with fame and, like, how that's influencing his relationships. Well, they say that when you become truly famous on the level of of someone like Drake, uh, a lot of your time is spent alone because you just can't be out or you're constantly being bombarded. Um, So, yeah, I can definitely see that. Let's jump into the fourth one. Well, I I wanted to quickly say that the lyrics on here, I think, are actually really cool. He's doing some cool things talking about like like phones and communicating over text yeah i hope he's you going, say the line i, I like. he's going I, I have a couple he, one of them is a lot of gray in our conversations yep. Yep. where he's talking about like the big chunks of like gray text all that, that gray in our conversation yeah. history he's yeah. like you he's like you're doing a lot of talking at me right and right. writing these and paragraphs it's, it's cool because it's like gray areas like yep. i don't know what's happening and then he also follows that up with with three dots you yep. think of a reaction yep. still like i like that he's kind of doing these these this wordplay with like texting conversations like I, I think that's one of the smartest like little things he's doing on any song on this album and is one of the other reasons why this is one of my favorites I noted those as well those those actually those exact two quotes yep. were in my notes so track four is feel no ways which I want to start off by saying I actually think is one of the catchiest beats on Dude, the album so four for four yeah yeah I love this song I really really like this song and so Kanye contributes some production to this I, I, yeah I think so um I, I think I looked and it I, I I can pull it up to make sure, but I'm pretty sure, uh, yeah yeah he's he's a producer and I think he's he's given a, a co-writing credit. Okay. Um, really enjoy uh, the production on this one. Some nice hooks going on. Um, I did notice. So he says, had to let go of us to show myself what I could do. Yeah. Um, and I thought maybe that that's a little contradictory from the previous song. Yeah. Some of these, yeah. they're like Drake is seems like a ball of contradictions. And oh, maybe that's he, what, yeah, he seems very finicky about like how he's feeling. Maybe that's how people. Maybe that's what people like about him. I'm yeah. not saying necessarily it's good or bad, right? But the, he's he. I've noticed throughout listening to the lyrics and trying to break them down, there's there's some contradictions to Drake. So this song, I think, is one of the catchiest, um, one of my favorites. So this phrase, "feel no ways," this pops up a lot 
on this album. It does, yeah. Does this feel like one of the next cool things to say, kind of like how, like, woes became a thing after, if you're reading this? So if you're not feeling anything about something, you feel, just, I feel no try, ways. Or try to make me feel a way. Yeah, tr- like, that, it just seems like one of those Drake things that, like, will become part of the overall, like, lexicon. Yeah, I mean, I... I can definitely see, like, you saying it soon. <laughs> I, I see, feel like you will. And what happens with Drake is I listen to these albums and songs so much. I pick up on these little things. I start to say them ironically to Jake to be funny. And then it just starts to be a thing that I say. Because for me, the experience of a Drake album and Drake is two-pronged. It's listening to the Drake album. And then it's it's actually hearing it forever in Sean's voice because of how much he says some of these quotes. And then when I hear them, I'm like, oh, that Sean says that shit. Yeah. Sean says that all the time. Yep. So you are like kind of Drake light for me. Yeah. Not I, a not a comment on skin color. Oh, but <laughs> not, not what I intended. Um, I like the way that he says feel away on this. Yeah. Trying to make me feel away yeah, on I, purpose. Yeah, I do too. I like that. Excuse too. my like voice yeah. because a it sucks b i'm sick so i yeah. can't help yeah well you're still fighting through it this is like <coughs> speak of the devil and he shall appear yeah did you want to jump into track five yeah track five hype so, so I, I have an immediate note off the top okay who is this dude who's like in it who, with his accent who's yelling at the beginning of a lot dude, of drake songs i don't know and who's like he he pops in and out of these drake songs he's the guy who on the last album said bumba clot bumba clot which yeah. i looked up today i think it's basically like something you wipe your ass with it's like essentially <laughs> like an a, 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 a Toilet paper or something. Interesting. I think it's like a rag you wipe your ass with. So it's an insult. But he shows up here at the beginning of the song. Is this the same guy who pops up on Controla? He goes, yeah. Drake from Canada. Yes. Yeah, okay. This dude with his accent. Okay. Is this like... I like this guy. I can I get down with him. I have them. no problems with him. Is this a dude who like... they Like Drake's posse lets run alongside oh, him? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For I don't sure. know who he's, a, he's one of these yes men. Yeah, he is. He's and like, yeah, let me say some gibberish on your albums. Yeah, and he certainly does, and he's become a recurring character. Yeah, yeah, if you listen to this song, listen to the beginning, you'll hear this voice, and if you've listened to Drake before, you'll immediately recognize this dude's voice. So what I said about hype is this is like the first heavy rap song on the album. I have a couple lines that I like. Uh, the first one, I hate a goofy especially. <laughs> the way he says this is funny. This is another one of those Drake lines that people are going to pick out and like, We'll just say, I hate a goofy especially. Like, what does that mean, dude? Yeah, and so this was a song, um, so out of the first six tracks, actually, I really, really, really like five. This is the one where I, I started to like, I didn't love this song. Yeah. I, you know, I uh, I liked it more with each listen, I'd say, but but it doesn't overall do a ton for me. I think it's interesting. This is the song where he says, Views already a classic. And so, and I was thinking, I was like, either this will seem in 20 years prophetic or kind of a stupid thing to say. So I I, I thought the same thing. He, yeah, he says six cold like Alaska views already a classic. That seems a little premature on Drake's part. This seems like a lot of the the hype that he'd been talking about on past albums yeah. about like you know I don't know. Dude. It's been like, it's been an interesting year for these like rappers <laughs> and the best albums of all time. You have Kanye. <laughs> Who, who seemingly can't finish an album, and then you have Drake, who seems to have thought this album's the best thing since sliced bread for, for months now. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if that ends up being silly or if it ends up being fortuitous. And I agree, this is a song where he kind of comes hard. It's a familiar Drake flow on this song. Uh, uh, again, 
the phrase feeling away pops up on this song. And this is where he, it does. And this is where he also says, enemies want to be friends with my other enemies. I don't let it get to me. And I wrote, I wrote this and I said, I literally don't believe Drake here. I don't believe him. It's not true. You wouldn't be rapping it like this all the time if you didn't care about like your enemies and detractors. He sounds like a young prince. He sounds like this guy who just like can't be questioned. Sounds like uh, Joffrey Baratheon. He does. He's like, oh, it doesn't bother me. But it, it totally does, dude. You're rapping hard about this. You're clearly yeah. upset. There's, yeah. That's some of that, that sort of that, uh, the put on of Drake that sometimes puts yeah. me off. That was not like, intentional. I like that. Yeah. Uh, track number six, Weston Road Flows. So this this features J- Drake kind of looking back on his life in Toronto in the six, if you will, Jake. I really like this song, actually. Wait, coincidence, track six. Uh, that is correct. Coincidence? That's probably, that was probably on purpose. Uh, so I really like this song. It seems like he's assessing where he's at at this point and talking about how, of course... No one knows how hard he works. You know, no one no one sees the work that he puts in. It's lonely at the top for him. More of those themes, which I think you're getting a lot of on this album. Um, the, one of the lines, he goes, shout out to KD, we relate. Yep. And he's got a little wordplay with, like, Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, raining like, money, o- ra- Oklahoma City yeah. Thunder. Yeah. And I wrote, like, is that clever? I don't know. And also, I... Um, a lot of basketball references on this song. You got, you got Vince Carter coming in later. Probably a formative icon for Drake growing up in the six. Had to be a, t- a Toronto basketball legend. Yeah, um, not a winner, but a, a, a good dunker and an exciting <laughs> athlete to watch play. Right. Um, I wrote that I think the production on here and just the general themes, it feels kind of like a uh, late registration era Kanye song Ooh, um, in terms of like there are those songs on late registration. I don't think it might be Drive Slow where there's these songs where Kanye's looking back and he's like yeah. he had this mentor who used to drive him around, let him play his mixtape. Yeah. And he's like, I you know felt like I was already signed when that shit got That's cranked, right. those That's kind right. of things. Right, right. And this song is about Drake kind of looking back at friends and like this, this sort of older mentor it seems. Yeah, he mentioned he's like, it was like hanging out in this dude's basement and he says he was wavy he used to let us hit the weed for like yeah. uh, for you some wavy? Yeah, yeah yeah wavy seems to be uh kind of a popular thing to be saying now also a couple quick hit points i like the lines secret handshakes to confirm friendships uh not uh now they shake hands just to hide the tension i like that yeah. line i also like um that drake is going to retire at 35 uh, yeah he's and makes that announcement in here he's yeah, talking he does. about like 35 says uh, it's already paid for yeah it's already paid for, which i believe oh for sure but yeah he could retire probably now yeah overall i think this had some of his best actual raps yeah it, on, on the album it, yeah it did uh track number 7 jake is redemption it is so this was one that you you were not feeling well i just i don't know and I, it does seem like a song that a lot of people are going to like my my real take here is that this is where, on a Drake album this long, um, I don't know, I'm not a person who doesn't have attention. I just, there's something about the production going on here and that goes on through the following st- sort of stretch of yeah. this album, the middle stretch, where there's this sort of sparse to a fault production, I'd say. Yeah. It's just so minimal. It just feels like... It maybe was an afterthought. Um, and I, I just think that this is where, on songs like Redemption, not that the lyrical themes aren't cool, not that he's not bringing it on here, but this is where the production could use a boost in my mind. I mean, it's, I get that it's meant to be sparse, See, but it almost I, feels empty. I, I, I have the opposite take on this. I really like this song. I love this minimal production. This, to me, and I wrote this down, is this is a callback to, to Marvin's Room and the vibe that was on that. That song was one of the first introductions of the super sparse production from 40. It's coming back on this. 
and it just shines more light on Drake's vocals, I think. I remember listening to Marvin's Room for the first time and being like, wait, this is the song? Like, what, what the fuck is this? I've gotten so used to that sparse production. I really love it now. Mm-hmm. This, it, it, in a lot of ways, is a callback to Marvin's Room because he ends up rapping. He goes, Erica sued me in, in, in Open to Business. Erica is the voice that he sampled from that voicemail on Marvin's room or from the phone call okay. on Marvin's room. So, like, he's looking back at these situations he's found himself in, and he's like, you know, like, what what happened? What went wrong here? Feeling away shows up again as a phrase in this song. It's a big theme. And, and I just think that the way I'm feeling, uh, <laughs> the way he's making me feel, is that there's, like, glimpses of a melody here, glimpses of a hook. <clears throat> I just, I don't know, I never felt like he really, like, took it to that level where I really felt like this is a memorable song. I didn't leave it with, like, all the, for, through the first six tracks, there's something I remember distinctly and really, really enjoyed about all those tracks. I don't know, Redemption, it just it doesn't totally stand out. And I, maybe, you know what, who's to say, maybe I'm wrong. I, yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of Drake fans will end up actually really liking this song, and they'll be like, hey, yeah, that's a callback to Marvin's Room. This is really one of my favorite versions of Drake that we get, like the super minimal beat, the heartfelt lyrics, the singing, and then he caps it off with, in my in my opinion, like a pretty good verse. And maybe what it comes down to is that like production is way, way up there on my ranking of things I care about in a rap song, and sometimes Drake brings it with that, but sometimes I feel like... I just feel like he rests on his laurels a little you, bit. You do have to appreciate, not appreciate, you, you kind of just have to be okay with the sparse production. Yeah. I, I, I happen to love it. I know a lot of people probably won't. I don't dislike production because it is sparse or because it's minimal. I just want, and I think this sets up a theme through this next stretch, I just want like something more there. I, you, sure. If you're doing something interesting yeah. with it, you can do cool things within those confines. Um, and may, you know what? Maybe this song has some of that. Um, but but to me, it just is like this this trend of throughout some of this album, Drake, it seems like he's, like I said, resting on his laurels a little bit and just maybe not taking all the time necessary to flesh out these beats and do something really interesting with them. Yeah, and I guess my just my counter to that would be, well, it's the same shit he's been doing on his other albums, which and I enjoy all of it. I think it kind of just goes back to, to personal preference on it does. On, on those types of songs or those types of beats. It but, totally does, and that's a fail that's where like I hit a wall with other Drake right. albums too. Let's jump into the into the next two tracks. Maybe we can kind of combine these. So you get track number eight is with you. This is featuring Party Next Door, who was also featured on. If you're reading this, it's too late. On, uh, on what was that song? With Party Next Door. Yeah, I don't. Remember. Uh, I don't remember either. Uh, and then track number was nine, it six seven, or or like six God, one of those. Nah, it was uh, Preach. That was Preach. Oh, Preach. Yeah. yeah, a least favorite on that album. Right. So then you get number nine, Faithful, Preach? that Preach. is featuring Pimp C and DVSN. So what I said about both of these is Drake is kind of filling his quota here of having Party Next Door on, which seems to be like a like a con- contractually obligated thing he has, and then also having like an up and coming rapper in mm-hmm. Pimp C, and then like a fellow up-and-coming Toronto guy with DVSN on yeah. Faithful. So it's interesting because having DVSN on here, who is another R&B artist, reminds me of when he had The weekend on Crew Love on Take Care, although that song's way better than this one. So basically my two takeaways for, for With You and for Faithful are two of my least favorites on the album. Um, kind of forgettable. Yeah. I'd be okay if they weren't here, honestly. 
I feel exactly the same way about both. Quick takes on them is that for track eight with you, um, I actually really do like the production on here, but but now he's not doing anything with it. There's really nothing of substance no. happening on with you. Like I kind of wish I could hear Drake do something cool over these this beat or this this sort of sound. Track nine, faithful. Um, I I think that this is where some of that sparse beat. Like I wrote. How is this beat distinct from Redemption? I, like, it may, right. I'm sure if I listen to them side by side, sure they're different. But to me, it's like, can you remember the beats from those songs? Like, is there a part of the beat melodically or instrumentally that really stands out about either? No. They're sort of the same. They're that tinny little trap beat right. over just like coo, like the kind of just a, a synth <laughs> yeah. synth chords being held, <laughs> right. and then another synth chord, right. Right. and it's kind of quiet and it's it's sad. And uh, but at the end of Faithful, there's some nice soulful vocals. Yeah, and the part that's like coming over and over and over again. That part, um, I enjoyed those. I don't know who brought who brought the thunder there. Was that DVSN? Uh, yeah, it was actually. Is that Division? Is Division? That oh, is that how it is? It, it could be. be. I just it is. It is because his his symbol is a really quick really quick take on quick take on that. Stop doing that. <laughs> I, I, You know what, artists? I've had enough. Throw some fucking vowels in the mix. TNGHT is tonight. Yeah. You got DVSN is division. Am I meant to just infer what vowels go between these consonants? I don't know. Is could that could what, be anything. Is that what you want me to do? Uh, what, last, last thought here. So two kind of forgettable songs right after the other. I think Drake needs a little track list help. Yep. So if you're going to have both of these songs on this album... You can't put them one after the other. You can't have two of your weakest tracks following each other. That's not going to help when people are like, this is boring. This is a lot of the same stuff. Either cut these out completely or do a better job of burying them after or before great songs. Intersperse some more danceable tracks here and there. And this is where I think, even if you like Redemption, you go Redemption with you faithful. So you go Redemption, which is a sparse beat, quiet song, you like it. I'm not a huge fan. With you, not a lot happening there. Faithful sounds like redemption, kind of. So you get like kind of this. If you're not loving that sound, you get kind of beat over the head with like a little bit of substancelessness. Yeah. He. How's that for a word? I don't even think that is a word. Substancelessness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. Too many syllables, dude. Uh, yeah. He needs a little help with track lists. Sure. I think those yes men. They're not going to be like, hey Drake. Check out the listening podcast, uh, best openers and closers podcast of all time. Um, he needs a little help. Yeah, I mean, I think we should do more. Also, as a note, some track list podcasts, like third tracks, Agreed. fourth tracks. Oh, we for could, sure. I would do podcasts about all of those Me things. Me too. So track number 10, still here. So I said that this kicks off arguably the, the strongest three-track run on the album. Um, so this beat, this production, this has like a sinister sounding production to yeah. it, which is which is cool. Some classic Drake flow on this. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the whole the whole thing here is that he's basically saying he still reps the six despite yeah. his success. Kind of a you know a retread of this same theme. However, I, he had a funny line. He goes, "Nothing mutual about my fun. Nothing mutual about my funds. About my funds, though. Like <laughs> I, I just thought that was funny. It is okay. So this is where for me this is I think why the album loses steam. Because Still Here, like Redemption, is, I think, fine. I don't love Still Here. I think it's catchy. I think I agree. There's some sinister production going on. Drake is bringing it um, with with his verses here. But but it's kind of just a boast track. It's yeah. kind of just a, like, and like, and like, listen, I know that you're saying that's what Drake does. That's Drake, yeah. That's what Drake does. Maybe I don't like if, yeah, that that's Drake a, does it so much. And that's what it goes back to. It's like, if you, 
Like, there's a lot of these songs yeah. throughout his discography. Like, if you look back at Take Care, like, Lord knows, like, maybe you don't, you wouldn't like that one so much. I think that's a highlight on the album. I think this is a highlight, too. Well, and so maybe, you know, so if it does come down to taste, you know, I think what it is is it's just like, for me, if music is about what you get out of something, how you connect, I'll wait for Sean. Uh, if music is about how you connect to a song, it's hard for me to connect to a Drake boast track. Um, even if I like some of the production, even if I like some of the flow, like the "You're Not From the City," I could tell the like right. that stuff. Like it's right. catchy. That's classic Drake, but it, it just like. I don't know, it just doesn't do a ton for me in terms of meaning. So for me, what happens is you say that kicks off the best run of the album. I think it closes out the the, the kind of the wall that I hit gotcha. where I'm like, oh, I'm gotcha. shifting into another gear where I'm not going to love these next four songs Interesting. that much. And you know what? I actually reserve the right for Still Here and Redemption to grow on me somewhere. Okay. I don't dislike okay. them. Okay. I just, they're not, for me, highlights. Sure. So track number 11 is Controla. What, can I ask you this? What is what is Controla or what is a Controla? Controla, dude. Do you know? Controla. Or, okay, so this is a thing where you just, like, if you if someone asks if you know, you, you repeat just, it. You just say, oh, it's Controla. Controla. So um, you don't know. No, I don't fully know. But So no. for me, this was another album highlight. So this infuses some island flair. So... Toronto is one of the most culturally diverse cities in the entire world. And what we're getting here is some of the, I think, Jamaican um, aspect of that, which I guess there is a strong kind of population of that and strong musical influence of that. So I like that Drake is integrating this onto the album. You're getting some definitely different production and beats than what we've seen on the first half of the album. Um so, I mean, I, I think this is an easy one to point to when people are like, oh, it's all the same. It's like, no, he actually has at least three songs that are heavily pulling on this other influence. Yeah, and I think that while this is a song where the beat might be different, I, I did note that like some of that production is still similar. Like Other than that, the sounds of the synths, the, the other sounds that aren't surrounding the different rhythms, yep. to me, do sound sort of in kind with what we've been hearing through throughout. <coughs> but I do really like this song. I think that the controller hook is catchy. Um, and I, I just I, I was looking through the lyrics earlier and I thought this was really funny. His has a lyric, um, you just buzzed the front gr- front gate, I thank God you came. How many more days could I wait? I made plans with you and I won't let him fall through. Drake sounds a little bit like like Christian Grey here. He, he like from from uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, which is not a book I've read, but I saw like half the movie. It's absolute dog shit. Do yourself a favor and don't watch it. Here he sounds like this aloof like guy who lives alone in his mansion and just like thinks about just silently about women all day. They're Dude, just... I think that's true. I think that's Drake's life. I think that's like his Tuesday afternoon. It is, and like to me, it, it sounds very disconnected. Like he has this front gate and like yeah. he, the buzzers. Not that it's a bad thing, but yeah. it just is interesting. It's like, what is Drake's yeah. life? What is he about? So, I, I, I said uh, it wouldn't be a modern day hip hop album if we didn't get a little air horn thrown in. I, yes. So okay. you're getting the, the reggaeton horn. Uh, uh, so you're getting that thrown in, which I think is funny. Um, he's got a couple, like, cool lines. So he's he's almost, like, singing, rapping in, like, a little bit of an accent. Uh, yes. So he's got, he says, like, my old flex is my new flex. Yeah. And then he's saying, never split a ting with me. 
No, yeah. Never split a thing. No, no, it's never split a ting. He does some of that stuff throughout the album. I also noted the fake accent, and I also noted, speaking of accents, your boy is yes. back in the cut here. Drake from Canada. Yeah, he's back screaming about God knows what, yep. and like t- like hyping Drake yep. in like barely uh, <laughs> understandable terms. Um, not sure like what he's all about, but I, you know what? If it, like you say, it wouldn't be a Drake song without some air yep. horn. Yep. Definitely wouldn't be a Drake album without this dude like rambling <laughs> incoherently in the background. So we move on to track 12, which is One Dance. Uh, this is featuring Wizkid and Kyla. So this is arguably my favorite on the album. So this is more of that dancey, celebratory island vibe that we got with Controller, but even more so. So this song is catchy as all hell, in my opinion. I think this is going to be actually a pretty big hit. So if you look at, at Spotify, this was one of the singles that's actually on Spotify. This already has over 100 million plays. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. 100 million play. Okay, here yeah, you go. Yeah, already has over 100 million plays. Very danceable. I can see this being like kind of a, a club party hit with people. I, I love this song. I just want to say, I think we're working with an almost identical uh, lexicon of words in our heads. Uh, because our notes have been pretty spot for spot similar. Even though you've liked some songs more than I have, yep. I literally had the word danceable in my notes <laughs> as well. Uh, I think, like you said, this is a catchy song. I don't have a ton to add except that um, this song has another air horn in the, in the <laughs> yeah. mix uh-uh. and has the machine gun yes, sound. The machine gun, yes. And what I was going to say is machine guns and air horns are really, really funny <laughs> Drake cliches. Yes, they are. Which, since Drake is so popular... It's just become rap cliches. Yeah. Just like like bullet sounds. You know what we should do when we get a soundboard? We're just gonna have machine gun sounds that we can just play at certain times. Yeah. Like when we're like when we're when you are talking about a song you don't really like, I'm gonna be like, uh oh. And then just hit the soundboard and it's gonna be machine gun sounds. Speaking of songs I don't really like, that's a perfect segue um to track thirteen yeah, on so, this album, which is yeah, Grammys. Yeah. And so the, okay. I don't know. People see something in future. I don't. People, I don't, I don't people. Get it. It's become. Clear, I don't get it, dude. It's become clear that that people like Future as a rapper. Yep. Uh, he's not my thing, dude. No. I, I I like his voice and the way it sounds. That's about it. And he does his thing here where he he just people think they want a Grammy or whatever dude, he says okay. like fifty times. Is is Future's thing? They don't think we won the Grammy. Uh. Is Future's thing to just repeat shit? Jump man, 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 jump man. He he repeats. Think I won a Grammy like eight times. That's what? your fucking verse, dude. Really? <laughs> it's more than eight. It, like, yeah, eight's like one iteration. Of right. It. He like, comes back around for more. <laughs> right. Like, why do people like Future? Future might be one of the most polarizing rappers out there right now. I look like as much as I love Drake. That's how much I dislike Future. I don't get it with them. I don't get it. Yeah, I just like this is a bottom half song for me. Not only because Future's on it. But because, like, I don't think what Drake is doing on here is all that great. It's this not is, that exciting. It's, it, this feels like, to me, it could have been, like, a leftover from from What a Time to Be Alive, sure. that, their joint mixtape they Maybe did. Maybe it was. And I think that if we're removing tracks to make this more concise, this is one of my first choices. Yeah. Um, and I understand... Maybe I'm missing what's cool about Future. Uh, I just like can't really do it. This is my first choice for pulling by a landslide. Yeah. I I just find it kind of annoying. And 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 it, I think if you pull this as opposed to one of the interludes, 
at least you save a little more time. I know. This is a three plus minute song, two plus minutes of which is his fu- future say people gonna think we want a Grammy or whatever he says. <laughs> his just slur of like, what is yeah. it? Is, he, is it lean he drinks? Yes, it's lean yeah. slash dirty Sprite slash basically just cough syrup all the time. What a what a life to live. What, what an abs- I need a little of that cough syrup right now, future. Yeah, just get like, at me with your lean, dude. Yeah, he he probably should. Anyway, track number fourteen. Child's Play. So, I love, I think the intro to this song is really, really funny. Oh, my It's God. just this guy, he goes, breaking news. If your girl is going to an any season opener basketball game, she is fucking somebody on the team. It's so funny. And I don't, like, know who it is. I, I think that that's an awesome intro. Like, if you, if you catch your girlfriend watching an NBA game, she's fucking somebody on that team. Pretty funny. This is, um... One of my favorite songs on the album. I right? said it, this is an under the radar good song. This is, no one's talking about Child's Play. I really, really it's a like good it. song. So maybe I have some Drake inside after. Maybe all. you do. Yeah. Because I really, really like Child's Play. I like the bounce that shit. Like whoa, that yes. Hook. So I also love, love this cheesecake yes. factory yes. story at the beginning. Yes. Because he Drake says, "Why you got to fight with me at Cheesecake? You know I love to go there." And I love the idea of Drake having this date room. Drake, one of the most famous people on the planet, rolling up to a cheesecake factory and getting in a petty, shitty fight with his girlfriend at Cheesecake Factory. And she's making a scene. This whole part's so funny to me. Uh, speaking as someone who has gotten in like a stupid fight at Cheesecake Factory, um, have you really? Yeah, yeah. At Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. Or, or like it was like we went there after we got in a fight. Or so it was. Uh, yeah. That's for another pod. That's for another pod. Uh, I think this is hilarious. Cheesecake Factory got in on the on the memes with this. They uh, they like had a they photoshopped like a helicopter delivering Jake Drake like cheesecake on top of the the like the space needle looking thing. Even uh, our boy Bill Simmons got in on the mix right. on Twitter. That's who, right. Who knew he was listening to full Drake albums? Yeah. But uh, during the after the Raptors won, he tweeted a celebration party at Cheesecake. Yeah. I also love and he. It's actually interesting that he does this on this song. I love when people refer to things like Disney World, for example, as just Disney, yeah. which he does here. He talks about this is a place for people who drive Camrys and go to Disney. <laughs> yeah. And he's calling this place just Cheesecake. <laughs> cheesecake, dude. I, this is a huge boon for Cheesecake Factory. Oh, yeah. this is, They should ride this to the top. This is a perfect example of Drake memifying his music and becoming a cultural touchstone. This song's actually really, like, kind of funny and has a lot of these little things. Like, uh, he's like, you go to CVS for Kotex in my Bugatti. And he's, like, hiding the keys on his girl. And, like, she, she finds it. And he's like, awkward silence. Like, this this is a funny song. It is funny. And th- I wrote in my notes, like, this is where, to me, uh, his lyrics start to really stand out again. Like, for me, this is fun. It's it, I yep. think it's a funny song, and I start to really enjoy it. It also falls into that theme of how Drake... Thinks women should behave yeah, at yeah, cheesecake. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, he's like, he's like, why do you have to act this way? <laughs> it's like, well, I'm a person, so You're right. And I have <laughs> like, I'm upset with like you, you because he literally says later on in the song, he goes, "Lying to protect you, I'll be doing that a lot." It's like, oh, oh, so you're just gonna be lying to me all the time? Where are you bringing your other like your like uh, side it, uh, it, hookups? Yeah, definitely not cheesecake factory. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm pissed for her. I would be too, dude. Like, that line, like, just, 
I'll be doing that a lot. Like, that struck me as funny in, like, a shitty way, though. Because it's like, dude, like, Drake, you wonder why they're getting mad at you. Like, you're treating them like shit. There's also a part in this song where he says the line, Rode that dick like a soldier. Which is... <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, who knows what that's to mean. Maybe I misheard it, but I'm pretty sure that's what he said. <laughs> Maybe another listen will reveal that I missed a word or two. Uh, so, track number 15. Pop style. Pop style. Uh, so, this one... Drake, really, you can tell Drake really wants this song to be a thing. He wants this to be like a big song. I can't, as much as I love him, I can't fully get on board with this. Has some of his most eye-roll-inducing lyrics. Like, have so many chains, people call me Chaining Tatum. Like, dude, what? That's that's so bad. I, I gotta that's be honest so and say bad. It. He's got another one. He says something about, like, double-cross me, like, like two Christians or something like oh, that. Oh yeah. Oh, actually, no. I'm sorry. That's later on on views. But still, I I roll inducing line. The chaining Tatum. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I I I was trying to give this song more of like the time of day because I was like, this is a single. I must be missing something. Even after I listened out of context, after I heard it in the album, I was like, you know what? This is track 15. It's getting along. Maybe I just am tired by the point this this song comes up. Uh, not really the case. I just it's not doing a lot for so, me. One line that does stand out. Yeah. Um. He says he turned his birthday into a lifestyle, which I assume is a reference to OVO sound. Yeah, yeah. Because yes, it's yeah, October's yeah, when exactly. he was born. Yep. Pretty sure his birthday's October 24th. You yep. can maybe quote me on that with my birthday savant powers, which yep. leads me to my next point, which is that maybe birthday into a lifestyle uh, should be on my gravestone. Because I'm this like birthday I, memorizer. I would love that. Yeah. That's, I, it, I actually really like that line. And it would, mention it. it would probably do you, it would make you pretty happy to see me quote Drake on my grave. It would. I'd love that, dude. I'm probably not going to have a grave. I'm going to be cremated. <laughs> <laughs> um, quick little backstory about Pop Style. So, if you guys recall, the two singles, so Pop Style and One Dance, came out on the same day. The original version, the single version of this, had a Kanye and a Jay Z verse on the back half. Those were taken off for the album version. So Drake actually said, he's like, yeah, I originally just wanted Kanye on this verse. Kanye dragged along Jay-Z. He's like, oh, Jay-Z's not up to anything. He'll, he'll come on and be on it too. Jay-Z I gotta was... say, dude, Jay-Z's verse sucked on this song. It made this song way worse. Jay-Z was out on the curb, dude, because Beyonce dude. was in making lemonade without him. <laughs> right. So I said, rough times for Jay-Z. He's getting dragged along by Kanye to be on this Drake verse. Like like the friend no one likes to, yeah, to like, like, watch oh, a football game. Is it cool if my buddy Jay comes? It, we're hanging out right now. And Drake and Drake here gets this text wishing it was the girl he's thinking of right. and like waiting for the gate buzzer to go off. Right. And he's he's pondering up in his study and he gets this text and he's like, damn it, Jay is coming. Fuck. Like, oh, of course, Kanye drags him along. He always does this. Yeah, and he's pissed. And he humors them by letting them do their thing on this verse. Jay's, oh. serious, in all seriousness, though, Jay-Z's verse wasn't good. Then on the album version, takes those off, records his own second verse on this instead. Power move by Drake. I do have Big to time. say, he brings heat on the second verse, as bad as his first one is. Um, but yeah, rough times for Jay-Z. He's getting called out by Beyonce. And then he's getting just shit on by Kanye and Drake. Yeah, not only called out, he's being like just dragged over the coals by her on one of the year's most acclaimed albums. And yeah, to be treated, given the friend no one likes treatment Ugh. by Drake is... Uh, rough. That's real rough. So I want to move to track 16, which is which is too good. Um, 
I, this is one of the songs I find myself looking forward to. This, I think this is like, I actually kind of like this more than one dance. I don't know if that's crazy. That's, no, that's not crazy. This is a great song. A Rihanna collab. So this is something that, you know, pops up on a lot of Drake albums. Definitely an album highlight. More Island vibes that we're getting here. It seems to me that the highlights on this album are more of that Island flair. Should Drake have done more with that Island sound? You know, should he have expanded more? I think he. I think he could have. I think he could have d- incorporated more sounds in general. That's my biggest gripe with the album is that there's this whole middle section where, to me, it feels like low, cold, steely synths yeah. and like trap beats, and Drake kind of sing rapping about you know, relationships, which is fine. That's lyrically his themes, but to me, it could have used a lot of more. Um, you know, uh, instrumental and production version, sure. like variety, and I think he brings it here. You're getting it here. So I like the way Rihanna sounds here. She sounds great. She always does. What is the better Rihanna Drake collaboration from this year? Is it Work off Rihanna's album, or is it this one? Which one do you like better? So I didn't listen to Rihanna's album that many times. I you've don't... heard Work, I'm sure. Just like I, not work, that many work, times. work, 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 work. This is gonna have to be your take. Uh, I think Too Good is the better song right. overall. Work has become just like a cultural touchstone. It's like a big single right now. So of course I don't I don't really know it. It's it, it's getting into territory of like some people hate it. Like I've just put it on and people are like I hate this song. Really? That's interesting and it it feels like maybe I should be more in touch with work. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, it's didn't a- listen to that album much, and I think that's the way I'm going to be taking in most music is like through records. I don't don't really listen to like. Yeah, I, I don't. Know I just know it, that it's a big single, cultural. and of course, since Drake's on it, like I'm going to make it my business to like know about it. It's a cultural touchstone. So. That's that's fair enough, and 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 that's that's on me. I'm going to put my hand up. Got to put one. your hand up. Yeah. What do you what are you going to do? Sometimes you just don't know a song. I know that happens. On a music it happens. Podcast. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, track number 17, Summer's Over Interlude. I really don't have a lot to say about this. I think this could have been cut. Sure, it could. I think the the sounds here remind me a little bit of like Thundercat, Kendrick uh, style production that's going on. And again, like with, uh, what's that song called that's another sort of almost interlude uh, with you. Um, th- it's like I kind of wish Drake did something with this sound here. It's just an yeah. interlude. It would be cool to hear what he has to like say over something yeah, like this. He, yeah, he, he's not on this track. Say, say, for example, he pulled Faithful or one of those songs yeah. from the middle of the album and fleshed out this beat a little bit yep. and and spit a couple verses over this. Maybe this album gets yeah. spiced up a little bit for me. Yeah, that's a, that's a good um, point. But yeah, not, not a ton to add. Um, so we, we move on to the penultimate track, track 18, Fire and Desire. So... Which is like to me, that's like a very Drake name, Fire and Desire. Yeah, it is. It is. I this is this is one of my favorite songs on the album, actually. I love this version of Drake. It reminds me of Jungle from If You're Reading This, the the second to last song on that as right. well. Yep. Um, so he seems to be doing that where he's like, I'm gonna add in like this really slowed down R and B, just me singing song. I think there's great melodies on here. It's got this really dark and sad vibe to it. Um, people do hate on this version of Drake. You know, I think this maybe is one where people say, oh, this is boring. He's, you know, he's singing about girls again. I, I really like this song, though. Yeah, I don't know. I found it a little bit forgettable, and I think that in the way that the melodies on uh, Keep the Family Close didn't totally stick out for you, I think that's just sort of what yeah. happened here with me. Yeah. Because um, you pointed out the melodies is something interesting, and I listened again out of context without the album just to... Nothing... 
really, really stands out to me about this song that I find that interesting. Like you say, the lyrical themes are much to be expected from a Drake song. Um, and while I think it's smooth, it's relaxing, you know, I, I would be, have no reservations or problems with someone like pop this on. I'm not going to like get enthused by this sure. song. I, I don't I, I will say to any listeners out there who are, who are feeling what Jake is feeling, listen to this song at night when you're in your car driving by yourself. This lends itself perfectly to that. You will start feeling this song. You'll be like, "Shit!" Like I, I know, I, I can, I can feel this. Um, I think that might be the case with a lot of these slowed down songs. Views to me strikes me as a very after dark album. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, it goes back to what I was saying before about how he's introducing Toronto as this cold, kind of dark place. I think the production complements that. And if you, with the exception of those island theme songs. It's very dark, and I think if you listen to this in that context, you might end up enjoying it a lot more. Agreed. Um, track number 19, we good to go? Views. That one, we got Views. Views. Um, so Views is, as Sean said, the, 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 the closer proper on this album, yep. the true closer, because track 20, Hotline Bling, is a bonus track. Um, so one line that stuck out to me here is Drake said, Paranoia turning into arrogance. Yeah. Um, and I would say that the uh, progressive tense on turning is the wrong. I think it has turned into arrogance. And these are these are forces, paranoia and arrogance, that work that are functioning ten out of ten in Drake's brain at all times. Yeah, yeah, really. Maybe a little self awareness from him there, which is good. Uh, yeah. So this is just the standard freestyle boast that he caps off a lot of his his albums with. Uh, but compared to past ones, this one feels a little bit weaker. Uh, he has that really just eye roll inducing line, double cross like a Christian. Like, not great. Then later on, this is such a lazy fucking rap line. Keep it 100 like I'm running a fever. Yep. Dude, really? I, like, I, that's something I would say when I'm trying to parody like a rap song. Yeah, and he said, that was right after he said, far fetched like I threw that shit 100 meters. Yeah. Keep it 100 like I'm running a fever. You know, it's a little bit lame. It's a little bit, to me, like, contrived. And if it's a freestyle, you know, maybe he came up with it on the spot, I guess. But it's Drake. He's supposed to be one of the best in the world. I'm expecting a little more. Yeah. I wrote, you know, is it wrong that I'm expecting more out of a closer? Uh, if this is the closer for real. Also, he said, um, if I was you, I wouldn't like me either. Um, which, you know what? As not to bring them up twice in a podcast because it'll it'll alienate everyone. But as a New England Patriots fan, this is yeah. something we can that we, we resonate can relate with. to. You know, we're, we we are basically on the team, so well, we pretty can, much we can relate to Drake. He relates to us and KD both. That's right. So, yeah, that as a closer, I don't know. For some reason, I think these like boast tracks, like kind of this is where we're at right now. Those work for me. I I I like when he does that to end the album. That one, while it's a little bit weaker than some of the past ones, I still like it as a closer. It's, it's not as good as the one on If You're Reading This. No. It was at like 6 p.m. in New York yeah. or something. That one's awesome. I really like that That one's song. really good. Um, but so let's um, let's talk about Hotline Bling as a bonus track. Sure. So obviously this is the biggest song of the past year. Huge. Uh, interesting, interesting that he would put this on as a bonus track. One thing that I thought of is, is this a sneaky ploy to boost his streaming numbers? Because the streaming numbers now count towards album sale figures. So if he's putting a song like Hotline Bling on there that's getting a ton of play on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever it might be, that's going to count towards album sales. 
it is is this album though going to end up on Spotify? Because mm-hmm. currently it's it's only it's on Apple Music, right? right. And it's for sale through iTunes. I could see that. Maybe it is. Um, and I think by including Hotline Bling anywhere on a track list, you're going to boost sales of that album because people like Hotline Bling a lot. Um, and I really, really like Hotline Bling. I really like that it's here. I kind of wish it took the place of another track I was underwhelmed with yeah. on the track list. Me too. Because um, to me, like just because it's well-known... And just because it's this famous song doesn't mean it has to be released as like this bonus track. Bonus tracks, Sean, as a general principle, bother me. I don't like them either. I, they, it's like, you know what, especially if you're releasing them, I get it if you're putting out a bonus track on an album that's being like re-released. And it's like, hey, 20 years later, here's five, six bonus tracks you never heard. When it's when it's immediately like on a new release and you're like, oh, here's this bonus track at the end that you'll always hear at the end and you'll just come to know this as the last song. It's weird to me. It doesn't feel like a bonus. It, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't like the whole – that has started with like iTunes and stuff. We're like, yeah. oh, to get people to buy the full album, we'll throw some bonus tracks on. it. I don't like – just put it, on the, put it on the album. All that being said, Hotline Bling is still – Flames. Oh, it's an amazing song. Such a amazing. Good song. I, I, I like I, that it's there, but agreed. Um, so quickly, if you were to make this album shorter, because I think we agree that if it's shorter, it would be even better. Um, which ones would you be okay with getting rid of? For me, I would be okay with getting rid of "With You," "Faithful," "Keep the Family Close," the opener actually, mm-hmm. uh, "Grammys," and "Summer's Over" interlude. So the tracks I came up with. I like keep the family close, but I would say that I think you have something something there with the idea of starting the album with nine. Yeah, be, yeah, or, yeah or at the very least, maybe you don't get rid of that. Maybe you put that somewhere else. Yeah, or yeah, something. But so the the tracks I highlighted that I think I could get rid of. It's that foursome in the middle. I know you're not gonna like it, but it's where I hit a wall. It's redemption with you, faithful, still here. Okay. That if you okay, so if you say you get rid of those, you do away with Grammys, uh, you do away with. Summer's over interlude. Even though I like the way that sounds, it would it would reduce some of the time, and you get rid of pop style. I'm not a big fan of pop oh, style. Okay. There was, yeah, and I think that it, based on our conversation, we were both a little lukewarm. Yeah, um, I don't really know why it was a single. So if you reduce that, you you call this album by let me see seven tracks, bringing it to a 13 track manageable, probably 50 minute, uh, 45 yeah. minute listen. Yeah, that'd be a um, lot better. Be a I, lot better. I agree. Um, so overall, what do you give this for a score? Uh, so I've been thinking a lot about this. I've been sort of mulling it over and I, it's hard. I don't know. I've gotten worse at assigning out of 10 scores to albums, especially with these quick takes. We've been listening just like feverishly over the past several days. Um, my immediate take is just a straight seven. Straight seven. seven. Okay. I'm giving this like an 8.1. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's lower than I expected. Really? For yeah, I thought you were gonna give it higher. Huh. No, I think I think that's pretty accurate. For what this did album. you think I was gonna give it? Uh, about that. A seven. Yeah. Maybe can, maybe a little bit higher. I thought maybe like a seven and a half. I actually considered giving it um, a turn the six upside down. It's a nine now, six point nine. Okay. But uh, okay. But I, I I didn't I didn't do it. Okay. I went with a seven. Okay. Cool. Um. So to wrap up, uh, here's an interesting question. Uh, if you had to rank the big hip-hop and R&B releases of this year, which is Drake, Rihanna, Kanye, and Beyonce. We're not going to include Kendrick here just because it's a different 
sort of vibe. It so, was bonus songs from a different session. The way we're qualifying this is it's albums that were anticipated going into this year. Exactly. How how would you rank rank those four records? Okay. Um, do you have a ranking off the top of your head? Uh, Let's hear it. Yeah, I do. I, I think I think the best one's Beyonce. I think it's Lemonade. It's probably the best. Um, to me, I honestly like Views better than Life of Pablo. I, I have more fun listening to it. I know I will revisit it more. I'm putting Views second. I know that pro- might be an unpopular opinion. Uh, Kanye third, and then Rihanna last. Just because I'm not a huge I'm not a huge Rihanna person. I go Beyonce one. Life of Pablo second, um, Drake views is third, Rihanna is fourth, but in, but like I said, kind of by default. It's by default, because I haven't listened to that record a lot, right. and I know we didn't include Kendrick. Uh, I probably would put him atop this list. Okay, he, that's okay. my favorite rap album okay. of the year so far. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think Beyonce's album's better than that, but it, it, but if we're talking strictly favorites. I don't yeah. know. I think I might so, like Kendrick's better. In terms of the hype that was that came along with views, you know, we talked a few weeks ago when the uh, we were talking like anticipated albums or something on a separate podcast. We were like, I think views is going to be great. I think it's going to be what well, kind of assessing where we're at with that now. You, you you have to be a little disappointed with this album. I think our actual words were like we we were basically saying like this is. Drake's coming out party. This we is, bought into the hype. We were like, Drake, this is where he does that thing where he, it's an artist releasing their magnum opus, and it's one of these moments where everyone knows it's coming. Even while it's coming, while it comes out, while people are first listening to it, it's this moment everyone experiences. Didn't go quite as planned. No. Um, you know, and I think that you know, people... It, it, we run the gamut here. I mean, Sean's a big Drake fan. I've, I've had my struggles and exasperations with Drake, but I think... Uh, anyone would tell you that the, I think this is a, a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, look from ev- the Drake camp. Even me, who is a huge Drake apologist, who I really like this album. I I honestly expected it to be a little bit better. I really did. I expected it to be in that like nine out of ten range. I did too. I was expecting. I was really really excited for. Even as someone who like has never been the biggest Drake fan, I really liked if you're re- not if you're reading this, it's too late. And I was like, you know what? This spells really good things for what this next album is. This one he's hyping. This one he's been yep. working on. This sort of the what felt like was going to be a magnum opus. I had high hopes, and I was really looking forward to like another big come up from Drake. Yep. And uh, I just don't feel we really got it. It was just it's an album that. There are just spots where I hit a wall. There are spots where I'm just left not really feeling it. And, you know, I think there are moments that are really good, but I think they're sometimes a little too few and far between. Sure. Um, yep. But, you know, it, it. look, you can't knock this album all around. There's some good stuff going on here. Drake is a rapper. He's doing interesting stuff. Um, and, you know, he's. you can't argue with what you said about him being a, a defining cultural voice, yep. a defining sort of presence in, in pop culture and everything. Yep. Absolutely. That, that remains. Absolutely. Uh, so that sums up our talk on Views, How Drake's long was new that? album. Probably pretty long, probably like an hour and a half. Yeah, that's a, that's a, um, hope, you, so, hope you're still listening. Yeah, th- thanks for sticking in. Uh, hope you liked it. If you did, like I said, check out our Kendrick Lamar and Kanye West recaps as well. Very similar type of theme. Um, and you- give us, hop on Facebook, uh, not Facebook. Uh, if you want to like hear about this in three weeks, hop on Facebook. Because Facebook's <laughs> behind the eight ball and everything. Yeah. Hop on Twitter. Get at us at level four underscore media. Let us know what you think of these track by track breakdowns. Yeah. Uh, if 
I feel like as a music fan, I'd really enjoy it. I would love it, but I'm a nerd. I am. This too. might be just a lot for people. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but if you like it, let us know. Or, or if you know, if there's. I'm, or interested. hey, how about this? What if there's like a classic album Ooh. that you guys would want a track by track breakdown for? I can think of many that I. We like could to do, do that. That yeah. that could be a thing we start to to incorporate. Uh, but yeah, subscribe. Share it with someone. Just be like, hey, if you like Drake, maybe check this out. Yeah, because I bet your your Drake lover friend um, probably is feeling around the same as we are on they, this. Yeah, you're going to, like me, uh, knowing me as a Drake fan, I would want some friends right now to be like, hey, this album's pretty good. Send them my way. We'll set the world straight on this. That's right. Thanks for listening. sickness has still got a hold this consumption do you have the disease consumption I have consumption it's not like a general term <laughs> i have the disease consumption okay. yes that's Let's what i'm just, getting at. i want to make sure In that fact, that's abundantly for, clear so for the the listeners just so they know jake and i made a quick pit stop at target before this so mm. i can get some mucinex just for context i feel it's good to have context yeah, we went to target to get some mucinex so i can loosen up this phlegm in my chest um and we got some snacks while we were there we sure did i got a snack sack of Barnum's Animal Crackers yep. and uh, some crispy M&M's. Jake, what did you get? A family-sized crispy that's M&M's That's not true, pack. dude. That, What's a no. medium? It's a the medium me- bag? It's a medium. It's a medium bag. Right. Well, it should yeah. last you a couple sittings. Is the, is the, <laughs> yeah, a couple sittings, sure. And, and I have, uh, I've got myself a, a bag of uh, Flips, the chocolate-covered pretzels, milk chocolate. The singular is a flip. A flip. And then I have... Um, a tube of Lay's <laughs> of Lay's stacks. Uh, the singular is a stack, a st- which is weird because a stack of stacks would be like several stacks. Yep. So what is one stack? I don't know how, what to make of that. When they thought of the branding, they should have considered like the transition into singularity on that term. Ending something in an X. First of all, flips ends in a Z. Okay. Stacks ends in an X. <coughs> These would be great Scrabble words. They would, dude. <laughs> if they were real, flips would would kill it. Yeah, it would. Um, <laughs> Stacks is kind of basic until the X. You got to try to. Yeah, you got to land the X somewhere meaningful. Yeah, no, it's true. Foods that come in tubes, gogurt, different kind of Pringles. Tube. Yeah, stacks. Yeah, I mean, so like with Pringles and stacks, it's the same basic principle. <laughs> right. With gogurt, it's a very different thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, uh, Maybe we will get some gogurts next time. Maybe. Uh, we got. Big, big things coming for the Prem team. We're working on some stickers for y'all. It's going to be good stuff. So, we'll get I, there. I got, oh, I didn't get the sticker you'll get, but I got a sticker. And That's I, right. I like the Level 4 Media sticker I got. Yeah, yeah. I got yeah. a few. Nice. All right, you ready to dive in? I am. Okay. Gonna, let me take a breath. Okay. It's going to be a doozy. It is. A lot, get, of, a lot of Drake talk. Yeah, a lot of it. Three, two, one.